There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. And yeah, this is where we're talking about the unfolding global conspiracy. We're talking about politics. We're talking about the military prowess that is occurring within the world. We are talking about the infiltration of the United States of America's systems. The, the political, the social, the cultural, the academic, the political, the militaristic. You know, I was listening to your local news there. And I found it really interesting. They were talking about, uh, for those who are listening on, on Podbean or on any of the podcasting channels, Apple or so forth, um, there was a, a news that was playing before this local news about a fire, um, a fireman attending a party or something. And it was obviously hosted by a, a Democrat. And they were claiming that the party was racist. And then the lady, you know, the lady said that, uh, that the party was not racist. It was political. And I got to thinking, it's like, you know, when you talk about the Democratic Party, um, what's the difference? <laughs> when you're talking about the Democratic Party, the party of the KKK, the party that tried to stop the Civil Rights Act, the party that tried to keep slavery, what's, what's the difference? You know, I sometimes laugh when I watch TikTok and I see uh, these guys that go out in the streets with a microphone and they're all... You know, um, you know, what was the, the party of Abraham Lincoln and, and all the people were like the, the Democratic? And they're like, no, it was actually the Republican, the anti-slavery party. And someone's like, well, my, how things have changed. And he goes, well, how have they changed? Well, you know, the Democrats did the Civil Rights Act in, in 1960. No, no, that was actually the Republicans. Wait, what? Exactly. And so the Democrats have been the party of racism since, well, their inception, since Andrew Jackson. And they will continue to be the party of racists. And uh, that's a sad thing. You know, political affiliation is, is interesting. I, will, I always hoped and wished that the Libertarian Party would pick up. that would, uh, They would get some motivation. But it always seems like their candidates that they bring forth are, uh, are, are losers. I'm just being honest, is that they're they're not people that you would see to run a country. They're not people that you would appear to be um, leaders in any way, shape, or form. And you got to wonder, is that because the Libertarian Party has been infiltrated? Hmm. I wonder. It's a good question. You know, one Libertarian out there, he did a smart thing. He ran under the Republican billet there. That was, uh, that was Ron Paul. Man, I miss the days of Ron Paul. Those were some amazing days back in uh, the early 2000s with Ron Paul and uh, him creating the rifts and the waves within the political community. And we got our first glimpses of how elections were stolen. If you remember Ron Paul in the 2008 primaries, he absolutely murdered everybody that was on stage with him. There, there was no competition whatsoever. The whole audience every night was in uproar. 
His actual poll numbers, which was early on in social media, were dominating everybody. And he comes in, like, fourth place. Yeah. Okay. Same thing in 2012. But uh, imagine what would have happened if we had Ron Paul as president. <laughs> yeah, we would have uh, rebuilt our military and brought everybody home and got rid of... Uh, all the, the foreign wars and all the foreign military bases, we would have ended the Federal Reserve, kicked the bankers to the street, arrested the bankers. The 2008 housing crisis probably would have never have happened. Um, we probably would have seen the, the disbanding of the FBI, of the Department of Justice. We would have uh, taken this country back to what the founders originally intended. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you look at the hypocrisy that comes about in the... Uh, the modern political environment. And, uh, you know, yesterday we were talking about, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to talk about this gentleman here. His name is Alexandra Dugan. And we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. I want to get it through a few pieces of news before we get to that. But uh, this is interesting because it, it just shows you how deep the rabbit hole goes in the sense of how Modern-day technology can be used to manipulate and produce a level of psychological and information warfare that is unprecedented. It can blind you from the real truth. And you got to remember, truth, when it's found, isn't necessarily comfortable and cozy and doesn't taste good. It's a hard pill to swallow. Here's a hard pill to swallow for the uh, Biden regime. Nearly 75% of Americans think the U.S. is headed in the wrong direction under Joe Biden, and more than half worry the country's best years are in the past. Now, this is interesting. This is uh, an NBC poll. They do this poll every month. And this is the first time in NBC's history of doing this poll that this has been over 70% for over one year. And just think about this. Every Every month for 12 months, they are calling a thousand people, different people, and doing the survey. And this is NBC. This isn't like conservative uh, news radio, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. A whopping 74% of Americans say that the United States is on the wrong track. They also found that more than half of the thousand respondents feel worried about America's best years may already be behind us. Main concerns was the economy, with 68% saying they think the country is already in a recession, despite Biden's claims. In total, the poll found 55% of Americans disapprove of the job of, that the president is doing. 50%, 55% of Americans. Wow, that's, that's eerily sim similar to uh, the amount of votes that Donald Trump actually got. You know, this is interesting. Because... The polls are showing that the Republicans are going to take the House. Other polls are showing that they're going to take the Senate, too. But, you know, the, the, the mainstream media Democrat-ran polls are showing that, uh, that the, the Democrats are going to take the Senate. And I don't know how that's going to be. Because in those same districts of voting, the Republican congressmen are going to win. And, you know, that's one, one level of comparison we never really did, is it? Is uh, when a Democratic senator wins, but uh, you have three congressmen that are Republican. How does that even happen? It doesn't. It's called voter fraud. 
And I think we're going to see some voter fraud this year in the election uh, pertaining to probably three or four seats in the Senate. And that's how they will take this one. And that's how they'll continue to control everything that we see. And I think if they do promote voter fraud and they do voter fraud this year in the 2022 midterms, I think there's going to be repercussions. I think there's going to be major pushback. But, you know, the globalists, the globalists have to do something. They, they are well on their way within their globalist agenda, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050. <clears throat> they are implementing this transhumanistic agenda throughout the world. They are re-infrastructuring the economic and financial aspects, the governmental aspects with something like ESG, Environmental Social Governments. If you work a day job, if you're listening to me right now from your job, you probably have what's known as a DEI coordinator, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You're probably like, oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, what's that about? That comes and stems from ESG, under the social, ES social G governance. And the social aspect is to promote, to promote inclusion and diversity. And one of the ways they do this is by ch- changing, changing, equality to equity and that equity word derives from Marxist ideology and think about it like this is equality is equal opportunity I would love to have the same opportunities in a country than everybody else absolutely makes it a very competitive environment where equity Instead says equality of outcome, which means that, you know, everybody can do whatever they want, different opportunities, but everybody gets the same outcome. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a participation trophy. That's Marxist ideology. And that is what is being implemented in your workplace, in your schools, in your political centers. And that is what is being stemmed out from the World Economic Forum. Now, do you want to know how radical these people are? The World Economic Forum suggests that there are solid, rational reasons for children to be microchipped. (laughs) A new blog post on the Davos Elite's website discusses the future of augmented reality in an augmented society. As scary as chip implants may sound, they form part of a natural evolution that wearables once underwent. Hearing aids or glasses no longer carry a stigma. The article argues, perhaps, forgetting that glasses and hearing aids aren't embedded inside the body, nor can they be controlled by outside forces. They are accessories, and they are even considered a fashion item. Likewise, implants will evolve into a commodity, writes scientist Kathleen Phillips, suggesting that mainstream culture and influencers will be tapped to promote implantable chips as a trendy status symbol. The article pushes the notion that augmented humans are inevitable, and that global elites need to establish a power monopoly over the technology in order to ethically regulate it. Well, I look at it like this. Back in 2010, 2011, 2012, when we first started seeing the precursors to augmented reality, to virtual reality, there was something called like Google Glass that came out. And nobody wanted to wear these stupid things. Now think about this. Nobody wanted to wear it, and multiple different technologies were coming out, but people didn't want to wear these levels of technology. 
Then in 2019, 2020, we had these mask mandates where everybody had to walk around with a stupid mask all over their face if they wanted to do any business within industry or government. Now people are comfortable wearing things that they feel stupid within. And so what you're going to see is people being more comfortable to wearables and then injectables. That's a sad state of the world. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right. We are back with the Dark Delight show. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, maybe that's a transition right there is we move away from the globalist agenda and we talk about the globalist agenda. <laughs> oh, man. I crack myself up sometimes. So. A senior Ukrainian intelligence official has been found dead. This is on August 21st. Regional head of Ukraine's SBU intelligence services has been found dead at his home in central Ukraine. Um, Olikonzda Nekonashny has been found by his wife with a gunshot wound in his room of their apartment. 
And uh, she heard the gunfire and went in there and checked on him, and he was gone. Obviously, they're going to rule this a suicide, but I think that we know that there's something else more going on here. Could this be retaliation from the Russians? So if you didn't hear, Daria Dugina was reportedly under sanctions by the U.S. and Britain for spreading disinformation, quotation marks, around about Ukraine. Russia has blamed Ukraine for the weekend car bombing that killed the daughter of Putin's mentor and brain. Well, she, Daria, was the daughter of Alexandra Dugan. Now, who's Alexandra Dugan? If, if you've gotten into Soviet history and, and learned about Marxist ideologies and, and learned about the, the progressive movements and the conservatism movements that have occurred within Russia, um, political philosophy, these types of things, and you'll know who Alexander Dugan is. I don't, I've never talked about him before, but I know very well who Alexander Dugan is. And so in the Western world, we have this kind of fascist perspective of Alexander Dugan. And I'm not saying he's not a fascist. I mean, he's been a member of the, uh, of the National Bolshevisms, uh, the National Bolsheviks Revolution. He's been a member of the Socialist Party. But he was also a, an anti-socialist. That's how he kind of grew up. Dugan was an anti-communist descendant during the 1980s. He was targeted by the Soviets. And so it doesn't really make much sense that a guy that was anti-communist, that was against the Soviets for freedom, would then turn to Marxism. It just doesn't really make sense. But this is Vladimir Putin's main man. This is his brain. Now, Dugan has called for Russia to basically go out there and start taking back all the old Soviet countries to bring Russia back to the strong powerhouse that it once was. Well, they just killed Dugan's daughter, and they're blaming Ukraine and the Western nations on this. Now, I was looking at the Wikipedia, and I noticed something. It was an article, and I was like, whoa, that's, that's an interesting article. And so I went and checked out this article. And the title of the article itself was The Great Reset and The Great Awakening. And I said, what does Alexander Dugan have to say about The Great Awakening and The Great Reset? Well, it's in articles like this, interviews like this, where you begin to see who this man truly is and what he believes. And so he's asked a question. During the protests at the Capitol in Washington, D.C., you use the term Great Awakening, talking to Alexander Dugan, as an antithesis to the Great Reset. What do you mean by that? And Dugan responds, the Great Awakening is a term used spontaneously by American protesters with Alex Jones and all the others. There was a concept that was born just recently when the American people became more conscious of the true demonic nature of the globalists. That concerns, first of all, Americans that were under the illusion that everything was going more or less well, and that Democrats and Republicans inside the United States represented two wings of the same liberal democracy. The great awakening for them was the discovery that behind the mask of the Democratic Party was something totally different. A kind of coup d'etat orchestrated by globalists, 
maniacs and terrorists. Wow. I mean, do do you expect to hear those types of words out of a Marxist? He's calling out the Marxist, the globalist, as demonic, as evil. Then he says, they are they are ready to apply all kinds of totalitarian measures against the American people that had been inconceivable and impossible before. It started with Trump during the four years of his presidency and climaxed in the election fraud, the stolen election, which was a clear picture of what is the Great Awakening. It is the understanding of the real nature of the reset of the globalist. The American people were hidden inside the American system, and now there are two completely different things. The American population, Trumpist and normal Americans, and globalist America. And that is exactly the dividing line between the Great Reset and the Great Awakening. He was then asked a question, does the Great Awakening only have meaning for American patriots or also for us? Talking about Russians and Europeans... He goes, whereas it is the foremost about American patriots and the wave of the growing protests in the United States, we could compare the universal meaning of the Great Reset with a possible universal meaning of the Great Awakening. Because the Great Reset is the summary of many civilizational tendencies that had been prepared in previous centuries. He's talking about a conspiracy. The Great Reset is the summary of many civilizational tendencies that have been prepared in previous centuries. It is not just the evil will of some group of idiots. No, it is the accumulation of the negative results and stages of modernity. That is the negation of human nature, the creation of technical tools that become step-by-step the masters and stop being tools. So when the tool becomes the master, that changes everything. That is the singularity moment. This alienation and the loss of human identities step by step, starting with the religious identity. With this ongoing loss of human identity, I'm sorry, with this ongoing nominalism, which pretends to destroy all kinds of collective identity. Now it is the approaching, the loss of human identity. You are still allowed to be human. It is optional. Tomorrow, being human will mean the same thing as being a Trumpist or a fascist, and so on. This is a very serious process, and that is the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening should be as universal as the Great Reset is. It should not be just a reaction of the American people. Finally, understanding the cultural identity of the ruling Democrat elites and the globalists in their countries. Because if the content of the Great Reset is so rich with meaning, if it is inscribed in what is called um, Sein Gelschicht by Hedger, and the destiny of history, the ontological aspect of history, the Great Awakening should be the alternative. But it should be on the same level and not superficial. We are attacked by something which is globalization. And globalism with something that is very deep metaphysically. It is technical, which is liberal, which is the modern and postmodern. There is a philosophy behind the globalist. And in order to fight this philosophy, which is almost fulfilled on a global scale, but experiencing more and more problems and failures, we need to capitalize on the alternative. For example, we need to revise the relations with the West in, against the East, or West against the rest. We need to consolidate the rest of Asia to Europe against the domination of this unique West. It will be the shift from unipolarity towards multipolarity, and the West should find its place inside this multipolar structure. Now, I don't know if you realize what he just said there, 
basically what he's saying is that the Great Awaken is the alternative to the Great Reset, to globalism. And the way that they fight this globalist empire is to renegotiate various treaties with the people in the West and the East and no longer view it as different enemies, the West against the rest. Then he says they need to consolidate the rest from Asia to Europe against the domination of this unique West. What he's talking about there is he needs to, they need to root out the globalists out of Asia, out of Europe, and out of the West. Then he says it will be a shift from unipolarity towards multipolarity. What he's talking about is a global order. I've been saying this for years, that there's multiple factions within the New World Order, within the globalist community. Some of these factions want a techno-fascist, totalitarian, oligarchical-controlled New World Order where countries lose their sovereignty. The other ones, they want a multipolar world where countries retain their sovereignty but come together for the progression of humanity. That's what Alexander Dugan is talking about here, and that's why he's so dangerous. We're going to talk about this and much, much more after a message from our sponsor with more of the Dark Delight Show. We'll be right back. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show, and we're talking about Alexander Dugan, the brainchild of modern-day Russia, Putin's mentor. And uh, interesting enough, what, one thing that I saw is that uh, Dugan's daughter actually wasn't the target. Dugan was. Apparently, he was supposed to be with her. And he was the target, and that's who they wanted to take out. Now, Dugan, obviously, from what we're listening to here, is a radical as per what the globalists would believe. And we can understand why they would want to take him out. Listen to this. He goes, we need to destroy this Eurocentric, Western-centric attitude. We We need to accept the polarity of civilizations. And that will be one of the many features of the Great Awakening. Secondly, we need to revise geopolitics. We need to elaborate multipolar geopolitics. Not only Western sea power against Eastern land power, but we need to identify sea power and land power in the West as well. you got to remember, this is translated from Russian to English. So there's kind of a militaristic um, analogy being utilized here. The United States of America are a clear example of the new geopolitics when there is a land power represented by the red states. And by Republican Trumpists, there are coastal zones that represent sea power. That is a complete change of political vision. More than that, we need not only to fight against gender politics or dehumanization, posthumanization, and postmodernism. Wow! This guy is a complete anti-globalist. Listen to this. We need to revise to return to what we have lost at the beginning of modernity. We need to reappropriate the philosophical treasure of those authors and philosophers and metaphysicians and schools of thought that we have abandoned and leave behind modernity. I think this is also a feature of the Great Awakening, to return to Plato, the return to antiquity, the return to the Middle Ages, the return to Aristotle, the return to Christianity. 
the return to traditional religions, all traditional religions. That's traditionalism. Does that sound like the writings of a Marxist? <laughs> of a fascist? Not at all. It, it sounds like the writings of someone who sees the world going in the wrong direction. Who understands what the globalists are doing and who is taking a stance against them. This is one of the main reasons why they tried to take this gentleman out. And think about this. This is Vladimir Putin's mentor. Which means that with all the hype, with all the propaganda, with all the jargon that you hear about Vladimir Putin, understand that he's doing what he believes is best for Russia. Is he a war criminal? Has he, has he killed people? Well, you remember what Donald Trump said about that? Lots of people have killed people. And he's talking about the heads of state, the leaders, that to retain and regain power, that sometimes you have to do those things. And I think one of the reasons that Vladimir Putin has been in power for so long is because deep down inside, I think he's a patriot to the Soviet, not to the Soviet, to Russia. And he's afraid that if he's not there, if he's not in control, the globalists will take over. And it's the one country that never succumbed to the globalists. It did in the late 1990s. And that's when the CIA infiltration actually got in and started running Russia. But it was Putin, single-handedly, almost single-handedly, is the one who ran them out. you got to remember it was the U.S. intelligence infrastructure that collapsed the Soviet Union in the first place through economic warfare. I actually know one of the gentlemen that was on the team. <laughs> so when we start reading about Alexander Dugan, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying this guy's a great guy or a good guy. I don't know him. I don't know too much more about him. I know of his writings. I know of articles I read about him. He's got some radical ideas. But when he's talking about the Great Reset versus the Great Awakening, he is spot on correct. That right now we need to fight gender politics and dehumanization. Think about that. This is the agenda of the globalists. This is what the globalists are doing. They're dehumanizing us. They're removing and separating us from emotion. From identity. If you don't have an identity, remember what Socrates said. Ipsum te notius. Know thyself. Know thyself. If you don't know who that self is, or you're confused about who that self is, then we got some problems in this country. We got some problems in society. Think about the whole debate that arises from this identity politics with this grooming of our children, with this infiltration within our social, cultural, and academic institutions that have brought about this radical Marxist agenda of non-identity. Because if people don't identify with themselves, they'll identify with the herd or the group. And that's exactly what Marxists wants. They want obedient slaves. And that's where this country's headed. That's where this world's headed. Unless... Unless we do something to change it.
I always believed in the words of Gandhi. Be the, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I think that's something that every American should rise up to. Is if you want to see social, cultural, political change in this world. That you need to stand up and you need to be active towards that change. You need to allow your actions, your words, to reflect that change. But it's interesting because now we have this guy that's on the global stage that's calling out the globalists and all of a sudden they do an assassination attempt on his life. It wasn't even a, a few days after that article came out that they did that hit on his daughter. And then we started seeing this anti-Russia propaganda come up again. Talking about the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. In the sense where they say Russia is going to use it as a false flag against Ukraine. And they're going to blow up the nuclear power plant to kill Ukraine. And Russia came out immediately and said, Ukraine is the one shelling the nuclear power plant, not us. It is Ukraine who is committing the false flag to blame it on Russia. Because you got to remember who Ukraine is. Ukraine is neo-Nazis. Ukraine is the hub in the center for corruption, money laundering, human trafficking, drug trade between Eastern between Europe and the Middle East and Asia. For decades, politicians in America and throughout the globe have laundered money through Ukraine. This is this is showing. Trump called him out on it. That's why he's not in office anymore. They didn't like it. Some of us say that Ukraine is the keystone because it's where everything fits together from the human and child trafficking, from the drug trade, from the money laundering. How do you get money to various philanthropies and NGOs to then get back in the hands of political parties and fund things like Antifa and BLM? You give it to foreign countries. Those foreign countries put it in in various different banks, those various different banks file for loans through the IMF. The IMF approves those loans. That bank then goes defunct. The people of that country get hit with the bill to pay back that loan. And the globalists distribute that loan amount to all their non-government organizations, non-profits, philanthropies, charities, and other organizations they say are doing good for the people. <clears throat> for the longest time, this has been the mechanism that they've used to create chaos in the world. You know, George Soros, we say that George Soros funds BLM and Antifa. You know how inaccurate that is? Many of you are like, what? what? You're crazy. No, it's actually incredibly inaccurate. George Soros does not use his own money to fund BLM and Antifa. He uses taxpayer dollars. He uses dollars that you paid into the tax that flow back to him through various money laundering operations like the one I just talked about. And then he uses that money to fund things like BLM, radical leftist attorney generals, political candidates, Antifa. That's the truth in the matter. Is these people don't use their own money 
to fund the coup. We use your money. And that should be a slap in the face for anybody who thinks about this. Putin has warned Macron of catastrophe at Ukraine nuclear plant and has agreed to let a team of independent inspectors to travel to Moscow-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine. Uh, you're going to see a complete and total lack of progress by the Russians on the battlefield, the official said, speaking to reporters on grounds of anonymity. And so the NATO nations are utilizing this uh, this radical rhetoric against Putin, saying that uh, it's been a complete, total failure of what's happening at the nuclear plant. And Putin said, we're not going to give you control of it, but you can send some third-party inspectors over if you want to. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with the nuclear power plant as long as Ukraine stops bombing us. And if you want to keep up with this rhetoric, Macron, there's going to be a catastrophe with France in Europe over the rhetoric. Hmm. Interesting times we live in, isn't it? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Dr. Light Show right after this. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. And secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations. All right, we are back with the Dark Delight show. And yeah, there's a lot of things happening 
in Eastern Europe with Russia and Ukraine, and we know that this is going to be one of those positions that brings about what the globalists are really trying to do. Now, Kiev has banned all their Independence Day festivities amid the worries of a Russian strike. And so I I think we could potentially see some type of false flag event coming here in the next few days or weeks just because the rhetoric is ticking up. And this is typically how the narrative unfolds. Excuse me. Uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Larov said Tuesday, there can be no mercy for those behind a car bombing that killed the daughter of the pro-Kremlin ultra-nationalist intellectual Alexander Dugin. Uh, he says the investigation will hopefully be completed soon. And we know that this, uh, this assassination was actually for Alexander Dugin and not for his daughter. And uh, I bet you that Russia is going to tie this directly to U.S. intelligence. I'm telling you, they're going to tie this directly to U.S. intelligence. And uh, this could be the potential for war. I, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I mean, I'm telling you, this is... This is one of those events. It's like the uh, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in 1917 that produced World War I. China experts now say the country is preparing to go to war very soon. A noted expert on China says he sees signs that the Asia Asian behemoth is making preparations to go to war, possibly over Taiwan very soon. Gordon Chang, writing on the 1945 blog, said the Communist Party... Um, cadres are ordering businesses and entrepreneurs to convert their production over to manufacturing equipment, a sure sign that Beijing is stocking up for war. Last month, a Chinese entrepreneur making medical equipment for consumers told me that local officials had demanded he convert his production lines in China so that they could turn out items for the military. Communist Party cadres, he said, were issuing similar orders to other manufacturers. Chang wrote, moreover, China academics privately say the ongoing expulsion of foreign colleagues from China universities appears to be the preparations for hostilities. The People's Republic of China is preparing to go to war, and it is not trying to hide its effort. Amendments to the National Defense Law, effective the first day of the last year, transfers powers from civilian to military officials, he added. Now, why is this important? Because we've talked about this multiple times, the leaked audio from Lewd Media, Jennifer Zhen, when they talked about this meeting in the Guangdong province, one of the coastal provinces in China, of how the generals and the admirals were sitting there talking about how before November they would invade Taiwan and take out U.S. military blockades, naval blockades with DF-41 missiles. Now, why do I bring that up? Because one of the parts that they talked about in this audio meeting and by the way, my, my wife is Chinese and, and translated this for me, so I understand what we're talking about here. One of the things that they talked about was converting civilian corporations and companies into defense time production, taking merchant ships and converting them to military vessels, having the military take over and control all the coastal territories. And this is exactly what China did during their quote-unquote drills. During the time for drills was not a drill. It wasn't a readiness exercise. It was a preparation for war. It was moving all their pieces to where they needed to be to begin the process of the invasion of Taiwan. 
I've said that this is going to come. And if there's a threat that they see that the United States Republicans will win the House and the Senate, they will do it before the election. If they believe they can steal the election, the Democrats can steal the election, they'll wait. Because they cannot allow the Republicans, American first Republicans, to come into power. Because then China gets sanctioned again. Trump comes back. That's bad news for China. Even though China is against a globalist, China still has globalist ideologies, imperialism. Now, what's interesting is if you go back to what Dugan was talking about, this multipolarity of the world, if you saw the subtle hints, he was talking about the alliance currently being formed by the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Also, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, and a few others who are joining. India, we mentioned India. Northern African territories. This is exactly what Dugan has been talking about. And I think China's probably agreed to this multipolarity in the sense where each country regains its own individualized sovereignty, but can go out there in the sense of asset, asset resource allocation, not asset, resource allocation. And I think that's why China is going to move on Taiwan. Russia is going to move on the old Soviet states. And we're going to see a whole new paradigm form of this NATO, Western, globalist, Agenda 2030 promoting people versus this BRICS alliance, which is aligned towards Nat. Uh, Retaining national sovereignty, but also formulating a multipolar world. And I think that this is what China's ramping up for. I think that this is what Russia's ramping up for. And I think this is what the United States is ramping up for. But that only exists when the Democrats are in power. If you get American first candidates in the United States into power, in the Congress, in the Senate, and then in the White House, what do they do? I guarantee you that if Trump comes back in, well, I don't guarantee you, but I I have a think, a thought, that if Trump comes back in, he'll pull out of the United Nations. He'll pull out of NATO, and he will join the BRICS Economic Alliance. I'm telling you. I have a feeling that Donald Trump, when he comes back in, will join the BRICS Alliance. And why? Because it makes sense. Right now we have these two formulations of global powers aligning. We have globalism, new world order, totalitarianism, this oligarchy that's forming, which is dehumanizing, is transhumanistic, doesn't care about who you are, doesn't care about life, The World Economic Forum wants to chip your children. And then we have this other alliance that says, hey, look, let's uh, retain our individual sovereignty. We We don't need all this stuff yet. We can progress the world by still remaining human. I don't know about you, but I kind of align with the BRICS nations on a lot of the things that are happening. And that is an economic treaty, right? But it's forming from an economic treaty into a militaristic treaty. 
very, very fast, especially with the rhetoric from the West, especially with what is happening between Russia and NATO, the proxy war between Ukraine, and if and when China invades Taiwan. Now, from one of my sources, China actually held off on the invasion of Taiwan. It was supposed to be around the time of Pelosi, but uh, Switzerland and Liechtenstein were actually forced by the globalists, probably the Pope, to uh, threaten China and reveal all the Chinese Communist Party's financials if they invaded Taiwan. So they kind of pulled back a little bit. But they're going to make their move very, very soon. Guys, that's all the time we have today for the Dark Delight Show. I hope you have a fantastic day. We're going to see you tomorrow with Dr. Kirk Elliott. Have a good day. Talk to you then.